We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, back for two shows in a row. Woohoo! Vacation's <laughs> over. And vacation's <laughs> over because it's training camp week. It's training camp. <laughs> I'm just exploding with excitement, exploding with excitement. And it's not in any kind of way meant to be perverted like Norm's going to go that. I know he's going to go there, so I'm, I'm nipping that in the bud now. Finally, all the weeks of football, Norm, how are you feeling? It's training camp week. 
Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I I, <laughs> I, I want to see how some of the rookies do. Uh, I want to see if they get Aaron Donald under contract. And I want to see how this team's shaping up. I really want to watch linebackers, see how that's going. So there's a lot of cool stuff with training camp. And, uh, and I'm also looking forward to uh, the Baltimore preseason game so I can go watch the scrimmage too. Yeah, we got to hook you up with Mr. McCusick up there if you guys can do like a joint podcast thing. That's coming up real quick, two weeks. Yeah, I'm going to show, show up there in, in Rams gear and Rams talk gear. And, you know, if I have to pay or whatever to get closer, I'll do it just so I can get up there and hopefully talk to and interview some of the players. So, so folks, with him going out there in Baltimore, I think we're going to do a road trip at some point this season, maybe Detroit. Maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe Chicago. We're going to one of those. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. So expect more from us being at the game, being involved, and getting you involved as well. Today's one of those days we're going to get you involved. In light of it being training camp, today I I went on Twitter and I said, you know what, let's do a mailbag. I figured we'd get one or two questions like we normally. We've only had like one big mailbag episode. And then we got hammered with mailbag questions to the point where I threw the rest of the plan out. So tonight it's just about you. It's about your questions that we're going to try and answer the best we can. We do this show for you. So heck, let's do a mailbag before we get to it though. I want to ask it over to iTunes. iTunes is big for us in many ways. One way is the review process. The more reviews out are out there, the better the reputation is online. And quite frankly, I'd like you to try and get rid of that, you know, try and cover up that bad review that it was my fault. I'm sorry that was on there. I Look, review that, please. You know, five-star review, we had that contest that's going on for, geez, I think since before Norm was born. <laughs> and I so somebody wants that $50 gift stick. Also, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM. And don't forget, we're on iebeatradio.com. They are our shows Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. <sighs> there we go. <laughs> Had to get that all out there. Okay. I guess because we got so many questions, we normally will do a sponsorship here, but we have so many. Let's go ahead and, and knock a couple questions out. We'll do we'll talk about a sponsor, do a few more questions, talk about a sponsor, kind of keep it flowing here. I do want, do want to ask you guys one thing. Those of you guys going to camp, please share your thoughts with us. What, what, are you, what are you seeing in camp? What are you seeing as you watch these players get in there with, or the attitudes you're seeing? Uh, email us at ramstalk1945, or you can get us at ramstalk1945 at Gmail, sorry. Also, you can get us on Twitter, of course, at TalkRams. Okay. Norm, the first question we got, we'll knock the face. We only got one on Facebook. Twitter just came at us. But one on Facebook comes from Kevin Graham. He's in our group, Rams Talk Room. He asked us, are there any position battles to keep an eye on at training camp? Well, that's a loaded question. Well, it's a pretty easy one, too. Uh, obviously, linebacker, inside and outside. And, you know, that's that's one of the key positions right now that we need to get an answer for. And so that's the one to watch out for. I would not be surprised uh, if... You know, we're going to talk some other things about contracts and things like that later, but I would not be surprised if they keep Mark Barron under contract and they don't use him to secure Aaron Donald, that you would see possibly Barron and Micah Kaiser in the middle at some point this season. 
I know that we've got some other guys that have been on the team longer that might want to take that position, but I, I really think Micah Kaiser is probably going to put in a good show for camp and, and probably earn a starting role sometime during the season. It does give the flexibility to uh, put Mark Barron on the outside every, every once in a while to rush the quarterback. So I, I really think outside and inside linebacker is going to be the key position to watch. Also, I think backup running back, the guy behind our man Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, Justin Davis, John Kelly. I think that's something to watch. Tight end, just who's going to start be that, that TE1 and TE2. Also, tomorrow, Tommy anyway, coming back from injury. Those are things to look at. We have a question in the mailbag about Jamon Brown. We're going to watch what they're going to do with his position at guard for the first couple of games, who will kind of step up and be that man behind him. So I think it was the main battles right there. And I honestly think that linebacker's probably more subtle than we thought it was entering training camp. I just I got that sense when we talked to Samson Ebicom a couple weeks ago that it's a little bit more concrete than we think it is. Sure, I, I don't doubt that. But there's so many new guys there at that position. You know, Okoronkwo is out uh, with the injury, so we don't know how soon he's going to be back. Hopefully he'll be back before the season starts. Uh, I'm not sure on that because we haven't really gotten any updates on it. But with Micah Kaiser there, uh, you've got uh, a whole bunch of different guys that are going to be vying for that position. Bryce Hager obviously is going to try, but I, I don't think he's going to going to really compete, so to speak, for the position. I just don't think he's got what it takes. Uh, you've got some of the new undrafted guys. You've got Corey Littleton. You know, I think Corey Littleton is going to probably be slated at outside linebacker more than inside. So uh, it's really t- tough to say. If you look on the Rams roster, they have Corey Littleton listed as an outside linebacker, which is kind of strange to me. I think Chances are he's in the middle to start the season, but uh, who knows? Uh, I don't know. I really see kind of my, I, I really see Michael Kaiser and Mark Barron, like you were saying, being in the middle. And Corey Littleton, to me, seems like the guy who played both outside and inside, like a hybrid or a two position guy. I don't really see it as him being an inside linebacker, so to speak. I think he's going to be somebody who rotates around. Well, and, you know, Matt Longacre, how's his health going to be? Is he going to be as mm-hmm. week one? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to watch for in that position. I think, you know, obviously corner, safety, those are, those are pretty well buttoned up. Uh, the defensive line, if they get Aaron Donald under contract, that's pretty well buttoned up. If they don't get that buttoned up, I think you're going to see a lot of Dominic Easley there uh, until they do figure out what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I really think the only position on defense that you're really going to have to look out for is inside and outside linebacker. And on, you know, as far as the offense goes, really the only thing in question is backup running back and tight end, like you said. Otherwise, I think everything else is pretty well solidified, uh, which is great to see. I don't know if you saw the episode of Good Morning Football, but they were talking about uh, one of the players on the Jaguars had said that they were going to go undefeated this year. And, you know, when when people do that, you know, everybody just, like you just did, roll their eyes and, you know, they're like, whatever. And then they asked the question to Nate Burleson and, and one of the guests, I almost think it was Jeff Saturday, but I'm not sure who it was because uh, I, I, I was only listening to it. I wasn't watching it. 
But uh, they said, well, if, if the Jaguars don't go undefeated this year, who do you think has the best chance to go undefeated? And both guys said the Rams. And, and they said, you know, the offense is the offense, and they think that the offense is going to do well again this year. It's only, I think, gotten better, and so did they. But the defense is where we struggled last year. And with the new additions, you know, with Marcus Peters, Aqib Talib, and Donovan Sue, all those guys, they're like, if their defense can step it up and make it to where the Rams only have to score 13 points a game, which they think is possible, they have a real good shot of going undefeated. I just thought it was interesting. I'm not saying we're going to go undefeated, but I, I thought it was interesting. So uh, that, That's a gauntlet schedule, Norm. I know. I know. And, and I think it's ridiculous. But it was funny to hear them say, you know, where were the Rams at two years ago? You know, they would have said maybe the Rams don't win a game. <laughs> so all of a sudden now their pick, if they had to pick one, odds were that they said the Rams. I, I just find that interesting. So the way that this team's, team's evolved under McVay and the new coaching staff and the players that they've brought in, you know, there's a lot of confidence in the media now, which is unusual for us. And those key positions, I think, that we have to really watch – in order to have a really good season is middle linebacker and outside linebacker. I really think everything else is going to work out and be fine just like it was before, but I think those positions are the ones that are going to be key to the season, and that's why I think it's a position to watch. Well, yeah, I mean, it was was no doubt from the very beginning, once all the the chess pieces kind of got moved into place, that linebacker would be the place to watch for sure. I do think, though, it's more so than we even know or understand. It was just something about the way Samson Ebekham was talking about that. And you can go back and listen to it, folks. It's just a couple podcasts ago from the Rams Fest, I think part two, part two, right around the 37-minute mark. You can hear him talk about it. If you can get past, you know, the band in the background because we're live there. But it was a really neat, neat uh, with the way he said, he just says we're better than last year. And I'm sitting there going, man, he's so confident about it. I, I wouldn't be that confident if I were – if I were, um, I wasn't as confident. When you give up Alec Ogletree, when you let – who else would let go? <laughs> Robert, <laughs> All these guys are gone. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn's gone, and you're, you're saying you're going to be better. So I, I just uh, – I'm kind of jumbling the words here because it just seems to me – unfathomable that he would say we're going to be better. But he was pretty darn sure they're going to be better. I mean, he was well, let's confident. If, if that question were to be asked of me and I was on the team, I would say the same thing just because I wouldn't want people to worry, number one. And number two, you need to be confident because if you're not confident, it, it'll show in your play. So, you know, whether he truly means what he said or not is one thing. I, you know, I'm not saying he's lying or anything like that, but he should be exuding confidence because that's what you need him to do. Um, I'm, however, not as confident as he is, but I think we have the players on the team right now that could make us better once they play up to their potential. Okay, Joe Marciano. Joe Marciano, add Joe Marciano on Twitter. He asks, should we consider the Rams front office incompetent if they don't extend Donald this week? <laughs> hmm, loaded question. I don't know if I'd call it incompetent. Uh, crazy, maybe? <laughs> well, you are, you've been very opinionated about this. You have been dead set from the beginning that Donald needs to get signed now. 
Well, I, I think it's it's got to be their number one priority. And then they signed Brandon Cooks. And I'm kind of, you know, like you said, it was an extension. It had nothing to do with this year's money, and I get that. But but still, you would think that their number one priority would be to get arguably the best player in the NFL or one of the best, at least the best in defense and arguably one of the best in the NFL under contract. And we don't know where the money's going to come from. And I think that brings a lot of questions to mind. You know, some of these guys that are going to camp right now, are they going to still be there at the end of camp because of Aaron Donald? You know, i.e. Mark Barron. You know, we, we've heard that they're going to keep him. We have heard that they want to keep him. But right now he's $9 million. And I don't know. So, I think it's only seven, though, that you actually get back towards the camp cap. Okay. So seven. That's seven, nine, even ten. It doesn't really matter because they're going to need more than that. So I don't know how they're going to come up the money to do this, but I know Steve's had some ideas. I know there's some ways to front load and back load and and do things like that. I'm not a contract guy. I'm more of a on the field guy. But it, it does concern me that he's not under contract. If they don't get him under contract before the preseason starts, not necessarily camp. I'd like to see him at camp, but you know, especially first game of the regular season that contract needs to be done. So I wouldn't say they're incompetent if they don't get him signed before camp, but I would say it would be a little disheartening if he's not. Well, on my end, too, I look at it this way. I'm going to see if I can make a strong case in this. There are several pieces of evidence that tell me, no, not incompetent. A, he still has time on his contract. The Rams still have control over him, and they have him kind of over a barrel here because if he holds out too long, he loses service time. So I think there I think there's an understanding there that okay, let's not really go down this route. Another thing too. Looking at how these two sides have interacted, looking at all the reports that have come out in the last two, three, four months, there's not that kind of animosity there. There's been kind words on both sides. There's been the words saying, hey, look, I expect a contract soon. We we know we're going to get it done. We know we're going to make them the highest pay, blah, blah, blah. I, I just don't – I think they have – I think they did the extension for Cooks in a way to help lay a baseline for the salary for next year because he's going to be a big contract next year. And then once you lay that baseline against the other baseline they're trying to work with, then you know exactly where you want to go in terms of backloading, frontloading, so on and so forth. So I don't really think that – I don't really think they're incompetent. I'll tell you what, though. If they let this whole season go on like this, when at, at this point, at somewhere in here, they're going to start getting an idea of where the money's going to be, then, yeah, I, I would be really upset. If I'm a Rams fan, I am, obviously. I would be upset if, if it didn't get done. But I just think that right now they have a plan, and it's just not public. Well, Donald would be an idiot to step one foot on the field until he's under contract, unless he's just doing individual drills. You can't go out there without any guaranteed – I mean, the money he's under contract for now is not enough. He goes out there and gets hurt really bad, and it say it ruins his career or makes him not as valuable in the next two, three, four, five years, then he's an idiot for doing it. So, you know, on the player side of things, yes, he's under contract, 
he should show up at camp uh, so that he doesn't get fined and, and do all that. But he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to participate in you know the seven on sevens and all that stuff. And all he has to do is go out there and do the individual drills. And if he does that, he's still considered to be showing up to camp. Uh, that's what I would do if I were him until he's got his contract extension or renegotiation done. Are you 100% sure that's the rule? Yeah. On service time? If he shows up and does individual drills, they're not going to find him. And, okay, you could get into the finality of it, but the Rams would be stupid to cause any trouble if he shows up to camp and says that. You know, look at Odell Beckham and those guys, too. They're doing the same thing. They're going through their individual drills, but they're not taking any chances of getting hurt in any type of collision or anything in 7-on-7 seven and 11-on-11. Seven, 11 11. And, and he'd be stupid to do so as a player. He doesn't have that guaranteed money sitting out there in front of him. And, you know, <laughs> anything can happen on any given day, and you don't want to take that chance. So as a player, and looking at it, you know, from the player's side of things, he should show up to camp. He should do everything he a- they ask him to do except for 7 on 7, 11 on. He just do his individual drills, do the workouts, do the walkthroughs, go to the classes and, and the film studies and all those different things. But I would not do anything that has anything to do with contact until he's under contract. And I believe if he does that, he'll be at camp, which will ease a lot of people's minds. And... The Rams won't find him. I'm sure they won't. They'd be stupid if they did. Until he's under his con- his new contract, that's what I would do if I were him. All right. Next question comes from RJ Walker, uh, at the RJ of RJ on Twitter. Who do you think will cover for Jamon Brown's two-game suspension? Blythe? Demby? Somebody else, maybe? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think Austin Blythe will probably be the guy. He's got, you know, some real game experience, uh, you know, substituting for our center when he got hurt. He's definitely practiced at the position. I think he's probably the next in line on the inside. And so I expect it to be Austin Blythe, but it could be Denby. It could be uh, our new guy. I've got to learn these names a little bit better. Brian Allen, maybe. He might be able to go in there because he's a center as well, so... You know, center guard tend to switch out a lot. Tackles don't generally come into guard unless it's a major change. So I, I would think it would be Austin Blythe uh, first and foremost. He's a three-year pro now. He's an Iowa, you know, an Iowa college guy. Usually the Iowa guys are really good linemen. He's showed that he's, you know, quite the player when he's filled in for uh, – Gosh, I'm struggling with names tonight. I got to get back in the swing. We fell for Sullivan, man. For Sullivan. Sullivan. Thank you, Sullivan. Gosh. <laughs> well, I'm telling Trader. you, it's been a while. I got to get my my mind back into into uh, our roster. But yeah, when he filled in for Sullivan, he did a really outstanding job. So I I really think that he'll probably be the guy if I had to guess. I'm going blind. I think Dendy will probably be a little bit too too young at that point. I think these Pinock can be as adjusted to where he wanted to be. Another name to keep an eye on. Hmm. I'm going to throw it out there. Jake Elgincamp. Elgincamp. From Washington. He did not make the uh, the roster last year. Got cut. But he's a guy who's been talking over and over again. Is having potential. He might be a guy who makes the team and might even spot, spot start there. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good observation too. He's a he's a very good player. I watched him a lot in the Pac-12, and uh, I think he if he's if he's done the right things this offseason, which we won't know until camp, and we get to watch him a little bit. If he's done the right things, he has a real good shot. Uh, yeah, he. There were many folks who thought last year he would make the team and would be a part of the, that offensive line, and things just didn't work out. It was actually a pretty well balanced offensive line last year. Okay, so before we move on, let's go ahead and talk about one of our sponsors. Geez, that great sponsor. Folks, Jim Hawk, his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. I'm telling you, you got to read it. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out this son's story of his father and team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. We've got players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Clay, Crazy Things Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You could also find his book through various booksellers on the Internet. Again, it's Hollywood's Team. Folks, I've read this thing cover to cover. It is some great history. It's got great personal touches. It's, it's not expensive. And it's worth every penny for all you Rams fans out there. So check it out. Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth the time. Okay, so next question. You ready? Yep. Okay. What is your 2018 NFC West prediction? This is from Crenshaw Rams. As far as what order I think they're going to finish in, records? That's how I'm reading it. Okay. Well, I think the Rams won the division. I think the 49ers come in second, Seahawks third, Cardinals fourth. That's how I see it. If I'm going to go records, I don't know that I'm really prepared to do that yet. I think the Rams probably go 12 and 4, 11 and 5. I think the 49ers go maybe 9 and 7. I think the Seahawks go 8 and 8 or uh, 7 and 9. And I think the Cardinals probably finish in the 5 and 11 range. I look at it as the Rams going 12 and 4. The 49ers, like you said, 9 and 7. I have the Cardinals up there at seven and nine or eight and eight, and then the Seahawks are like six and ten. Okay, well, I mean, the bottom two teams—it's hard to say. Yeah, just flip them. Yeah, the Seahawks—you know—they're in such disarray right now, um, but they still have Russell Wilson and you know some good players on the team. And we don't know how well Bradford, number one, is going to do in Arizona, and number two—you know—is he going to be able to play more in a couple of games without getting hurt? Knock uh, on. <laughs> and then, and then you uh, didn't they just get uh, that quarterback from UCLA, Rosen? Yeah, yeah. So you know, Rosen. I think they've been hearing lots of good things from lots of different people that I know uh, about Rosen. So you know, maybe he doesn't uh, doesn't take too long to get in as a starter. And if he comes in and lights it up, Arizona could be better. And if, and if Bradford stays healthy and he goes in there and lights it up, sure, they could be better too. They have a lot of talent on that team. So I agree with you. You know, it's going to be Rams and 49ers at the top of the division. I think the Rams uh, pretty well walk away with it this year. I don't want to jinx us, but that's what I'm thinking. I think the 49ers are up and coming and are probably going to be our new, new old 
rival again with the Boy. with the Cardinals and Seahawks down at the bottom. It feels great to have that rivalry back. Yep, it does. Okay, at Bean Burrito. Oh, I love right. that name. At Bean Burrito, <laughs> Bean. It's a picture of a lady eating a burrito. I love it. <laughs> Who is going to lead the team in interceptions? Well, I think we got to go with Marcus Peters on that one. It's either going to be Marcus Peters. Well, I mean, you know, you could say Keith Talib. You could say John Johnson. You could say, I mean, they're all talented guys back to LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, honestly, though, I think it'll be Marcus Peters. He's, I think he's going to lead us in turnovers. If it's not forced fumbles and interceptions, it'll be one of the two. I'm going to go with Keith Talib. And the main reason, I don't think people are going to throw at Peters as much. I'm going to want to test those older legs of, of uh, Tlaib, and especially early in games when we want to take your shots, maybe after turnovers. So I'm looking at Tlaib to go in there and, he's, you know, this guy's been a number one corner for much of his career. Now he'll be facing mostly the number two corners on, on the opposing offense. I'm looking for him to eat a little bit. Yeah, I, that's, that's a good point, and it's very possible. You know, I... <laughs> Our secondary is really good, at least at least on paper and from experience. They're really good, and it could be any one of those guys. But, you know, if they throw at Peters, I think they're going to regret it, and I think if they throw it to leave, they're going to regret it too. So either way, I, I agree with you, though. It, it could be a, a good year for Tlaib just because of the fact of not wanting to throw it to Peters. That's a good point. Okay, another question from Crenshaw Rams. How long will it take John Kelly to earn the RB2 spot? Boy, that's really unknown at this point. You know, I, I know he's a stud, but uh, Justin Davis, I really like Justin Davis. I know we had some fumbling problems, but the kid is wicked fast. And I really think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, it could be this year, but I doubt. I think I really think it's going to be a couple years. I think he makes the team as, you know, boy, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw this at you. Okay. It's not just Justin Davis. Malcolm Brown, when healthy, has looked very good and has looked like he could actually be a feature back in this league. So not only does Kelly have to beat out Davis, he has to beat out Malcolm Brown. And right. I'm not so sure that happens. What if what, – what happens if they go into camp and it goes just like that? It goes girly one – Brown two, Davis three, and Kelly four. Then what? Then he goes on the practice squad probably or special it, teams. No, he's going to make the team. I'm not saying it will happen, but the, but the problem I have with Russ's question here, and it's no, no offense, Russ, I'm not, I'm not I'm just a disagreement here. Your question itself is how long will it take John Kelly? There's an assumption laced in the question. I'm saying it's not even a given he earns a spot. Because those guys that are there are actually solid backups who, in some cases, especially for me, in my opinion, Malcolm Brown, could be a star in this league. Yeah, I, I think Brown's right now for sure number two. I think we need a back like a Justin Davis or Kelly to be able to come in and be a change of pace kind of back where Malcolm Brown really isn't that. He's more of a power runner, Todd Gurley kind of replacement uh, when Gurley's not in, I really think Justin Davis and Kelly are the ones that are going to be fighting it out to see who makes the team. I don't know that they keep more than three running backs on the the regular roster, 
they may move one to the practice squad or put him on special teams. That's what I was just thinking. I was just about to say special teams. Yeah. And if Kelly can prove himself there, he makes team makes a team, and then maybe we see him move up the depth chart during the season. Yeah, we'll I don't. I don't think you see him. He might make number three if he can. If he can, you know, edge out uh, Davis. But I don't see that really happening right now. Uh, I, I've got to give. I've got to give the edge to the guy who's got more experience, and right now that's Davis. So. Okay, Tori Rodriguez. What do you think the LA Rams learned from that playoff loss? That they need to learn how to stop the run. <laughs> that they need their their uh, Michael Brockers not to get hurt because that's really what cost us the game. I, I really think it was that they they needed to get our defense back on track, and obviously they've made moves this year to do that. I think that's what they really learned. We had the defense we have now or we think that we have now on the field in that playoff game, and I think the results are a lot different. So I think that's what they learned. Well, I'm not so sure if it's any specific lesson. I think it's just a maturation process for the players in the field. It still was a very young team last year. They had Most of them had never been in the playoffs before. Most of them had never been in that type of game before. You know, I look back at Farrell Cooper making those two big mistakes. He didn't make mistakes like that during the regular season. So what happened? What was different? Well, what was different? It was playoff football. It was a night game in Coliseum with your with your whole entire season on the line. Those kind of things for young team, they're going to make mistakes like that. And they didn't have the depth to make up for that. When when Brockers goes down, there was nobody behind him to really kind of come in there and stuff the run. And, and the Falcons just wore him out. That's all it was. So I, I think it's more of a maturation process than any kind of one singular lesson. It's more about, okay, we got to grow up some. I would agree. I think there's several things that that they did learn. Uh, obviously, they didn't have enough depth. They needed to get more quality players in there to stop the run. You know, like you're saying, the, the maturation pro, you know process. You know, just getting some experience under their belt. There, there's a lot of things. You know, Farrah Cooper. Anybody can have a bad day, and you know he picked that day to have his bad day. Was it because of the pressure? Was it because it was the playoffs? Who knows? I, I don't think you'll see many of those days come from him from now on because I think he learned a lot from that day. But uh, I, I think they learned a few things, and I, I think they've made strides to repair some of those things. And, and one of those is you know learning how to stop the run better. Well, it's time to uh, thank another one of our sponsors, our original sponsor, the guy that's been there for us since the, the very beginning. He's a great guy. It's a really good time to visit his shop down in California is the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267 Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. And he also provides that old school barbershop experience, talking Rams football and more. 
Trust me, folks, you won't get it. You won't regret it. Sal even managed to make Derek's funky blockhead look good and, you know, a minority look good. So we'll just kind of go from there. <laughs> Derek's rolling his eyes. Also, you know, we're looking for sponsors for this season. It's a great time to get in and sponsor us now while the numbers are a little bit lower because the season's not going on because we're going to go by the numbers we have now and not the numbers that are going during the season. So it's a perfect time to get in and get you know some affordable advertising out there in the Los Angeles area. Reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or you can reach us at 657-666-5453 and leave us a voicemail. We have a media kit that will get out to you right away and show you how you can help. All right. Hold on a minute now. Okay. <laughs> I just totally disappeared. You were just gone. But in your previous state, folks, I cannot let him off the hook for this, okay? I can't. This dude, during the middle of his comment, just yawned. This is Rams football, and you're here. Are, are you seriously? Hey, I'm an I, old man that works physically hard all day long. I'm here looking at a goofy-looking guy on the screen trying to stay awake because, you know, quite frankly, you know, looking at you doesn't really keep me awake. Well, A, I'm <laughs> thankful for that. But B, dude, the reality is not the work. It's the fact that you're just old, okay? You're just old. I am old. You know. You remember seeing Jim Benton, you know, receive over 300 yards in the game. That's how old you are. All right. <laughs> J.P. Barrett, at J.P. Barrett, he asks, I was worried that Gurley would be tired if he went deeper in the playoffs. What is the optimum touches he should get per game? As many as he can get and still play. Really? <laughs> so you don't you don't want to limit his touches at all? Nope, I don't think he wants them limited either. I mean, have you seen his workout program? Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. true. He's he's really working hard to make him. He wants to be on the field third down. He wants to be the receiver, the receiving back. He wants to be out there as much as he possibly can. So I think the only time they take him out is when he has to come out for a break. He's... An integral part of our offense, yes, there's some time that you maybe should rest him, but I think you look towards the end of the season, beginning of the season, every play you can have him out there. But he wants to be out there, put him there. <laughs> Norm's yawning again. No, it wasn't, <laughs> yawning. It wasn't yawning. I had, a, I had a little belch going on, but I didn't want to burp in front of everybody. Oh, so. my gosh. You're a mess tonight. You are a mess tonight. Hey, I'm human, oh. man. What do you expect? <laughs> I, I thought you were Schwarzenegger in Terminator. No, no. I might have some titanium in me, but not not on purpose. In your skull. <laughs> Skyler Burkhart says, which wide receiver on the Rams will have the most productive season? That's a really tough question. You know, and I think there's different ways to look at it. You, you, I don't know that Brandon Cooks is going to be our every down receiver. I think he's going to be our open-up-the-field guy and get some long catches and, you know, have some stellar games, a couple touchdown games every once in a while. I think Robert Woods right now is our guy. Uh, I still look at him as the as the guy that Goff's going to go to. And, you know, Cooper Cup is obviously, you know, stepping up his game, and he's a quality guy too. So I really think it could be any one of those three. But if I had to pick one, 
Even though I'm a huge Cooper Cup guy, I'm still going to say Robert Woods right now. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. And the reason why I'm going with Cooper Cup is the key word in his question is production. Productive. And when it comes down to it, on third down, and Jared Goff's in trouble, Royce is probably going to look first. He's probably looking for Cooper Cup. That he was his safety valve so many times last year. That's his guy. And that's production alone, man. That's going to be lots of catch. man. Third and uh, 33. I, I get it. And I'm not saying every time. I'm, I'm saying that most times it was Cooper Cup, though. And, and so, to me, when you have the – he gets open. And that's what you love about him, right? He finds a way to get open. He's not, no. he's not really super fast, but he gets open. He runs great routes. I just like, in terms of a numbers game, in terms of production catches, yards, underneath especially, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup there. I'm going to throw one at you too. I'm going to I'm going to do my own mailbag question and have you answer it and see what see what you come up with. Do any of the Rams receivers get a thousand yards receiving this year? And if so, is it more than one or is it just one? I'm going to go with three. <laughs> oh, really? I'm going to go with three. Well, then it would be you know Woods, Cup, and. And uh, our guy Brandon Cooks, right? I think so. I think well, you look at Brandon Cooks' career, and he goes every single year in his career, no matter what's happened, he's always got a thousand yards. So when you have that kind of consistency, I don't know how you can go against that. He's already coming in there and putting a good ball off. Robert Woods, he's found a way to work all the mid-range routes, get open. Find holes in the defense, especially in you know, especially in the areas that many of the receivers won't go to. And of course, Cup I think will produce. The only question really to me is, how many yards will the Rams throw for overall this year? And I, I think it's going to be more than people realize. I don't think this team's going to rely on Todd Gurley as much as it relied on last year. Well, I think they're going to rely on him, but I don't know that they're going to rely on him running the football all the time. I think they're going to use him a lot more as a receiver this year because it, I think that's one of his main goals that he's really working towards. So it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, him come in and actually put some serious yards on the board. And then, you know, our tight ends as well. Uh, I, I think Goff has a good year this year. I really do. The question will be, though, is if we do get out to an early lead and our defense is able to hold them, then they're probably going to run the football a lot more. So that may come into play, uh, especially later in the season. But right now I would I would think that we're going to have at least two guys that get 1,000, very possibly three. So I would agree with you. Okay. Now we, uh, now we moved on past your mailbag question. Dom Easley being overlooked. This is from Justin Orisic. And I'll start with this one, and I'll say, no, I don't think he's being overlooked. I think he's been had a major injury, and there's no guarantee on where he's going to be come the end of August to really make a real statement on what position he will play this year, or even if he'll maybe make the team. Those kind of injuries, they're not easy to come back from, He's and he's had all kinds of problems in the past, ACLs and so on and so forth. So... I don't think he's being overlooked. I just think that it's more a question of you don't know what you have with him in camp. I, I, I agree 100%. I don't know that he's fully healthy yet, 
if he is and can come back and play to his, I don't want to say prime, but to his form, he's, you know, he's got a very good shot at, at being uh, an integral part of our line. Uh, if he doesn't, then he, like you said, he may not even make the team. So I, I agree. I don't think he's being overlooked. I just think they're kind of waiting to see what they have with him. And then a follow on that question from Jeff Fisher's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Love that had, name. Had great show on surf. Sam Shields as well. He wants to know about Sam Shields. Is he being overlooked? Well, no. They they signed him for a reason. I don't think he's being overlooked at all. If you know, he he was the number one corner at Green Bay for a while, and you know, he took some time off for his head injuries. If he comes back, you know, I see him playing a role like uh, Roby Coleman. If Roby Coleman and him, I think, are the two that are going to be competing for that position. And, uh, you know, I would think that uh, Shields has more experience. Roby Coleman just got signed to an extension. So I think both those guys are viable players. And I <laughs> having, I mean, the conversation we were having last year and the year before about our corners – <laughs> I'm not having that conversation. Not that thought hasn't no. even crossed my mind yet. So, no, I don't think they're overlooking him. I think he makes the team if he plays up to his normal form. Uh, and I think they're looking at him as a third or a fourth corner. Well, just his his speed times have been off the charts this far. This far. So it's not like he came back and was 25 steps slower. Right. So I don't think anybody's overlooking him. I think what's going to happen here is where does he fit in the defense? You just mentioned Roby Coleman. What's his role in comparison to Roby Coleman? Overall, this secondary, freaking deep and scary. Well, yeah. This is the, this is the deepest. They, they run the dime. <laughs> if they put the dime out there, just one middle linebacker, and throw, you know, Shields and Roby Coleman out there with Akib Tlaib and Marcus Peters with Joyner and, <laughs> and Johnson, I mean, throw on that. <laughs> Good luck on third and 10, third yeah. and 20. Good luck on that. Yeah, no, I don't think he's being overlooked at all. Okay. Uh, one more question for our last uh, sponsor. And this one's a big one. And we, we kind of – we touched on this last podcast. Other than Donald, who's the next contract domino to fall? Yeah, I know. You said Todd Gurley, and that really made me unhappy. I, You know, you made me sad. <laughs> I'll use your I'll, use, I'll, I'll use your line. You made me sad when you said that. It could be it could be Todd Gurley, uh, especially with the conversations he's had about holdouts and and things like that. Um, players want to get more guaranteed money, and you know, there's you look at the NBA, you look at baseball. They have shorter contracts with guaranteed money. Contracts you have now, you see in the NFL six and seven year contracts, which you don't generally see in basketball and and baseball but there's not as much guaranteed money so when it when it boils down to it they would rather have the guaranteed money and you know i think uh, you look at uh the redskins quarterback that went to minnesota kirk cousins kirk cousins thank you uh kirk cousins I mean, all his money's guaranteed. And I think that's where a lot of players want to see this go so they know what they're going to make. And quite frankly, you'd sign a seven-year contract. You go through four or five of those years. The money starts getting pretty big. They tend to either want to restructure you or they cut you and send you on your way anyways. 
So I, I can see the point of what Todd Gurley's trying to make. And then there's some competition coming into the NFL. You know, you got the XFL and some other things that are coming in. And if those guys are willing to pay more money, especially to the guys that aren't the big time money players, the NFL could be in trouble. So uh, I could see Gurley being one of those guys that could be a problem. Uh, Obviously, we have to sign Jared Goff, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. But I think he's going to he's going to want to get paid too. So, well, in terms of mentioning the XFL and the other league, I forget the other league's name is going to get started as well. I don't see them. I don't see them being able to compete right now. But if the players continue to talk about these things and get unhealthy, eventually money will talk. It just depends. I mean, right now, Vince Man took out, I think, was it $500 million to invest into the XFL and I think some of their investors as well. Well, what's the revenue for the NFL a year? It's much, much higher well, than I, that. I get that. My, so My point on that is, is if the players decide to hold out and those – those other entities like the XFL are there willing to pay money. They're probably going to pick off the guys that aren't Todd Gurley. They're going to pick off the second tier and third tier guys and try to bring them over and pay them more money than they're making in the NFL. So I could see that being a real big problem in the future, but that's down the road. That's like, that's like, you know, 2020, 2021, wherever the, I, I think it's 2020 when the NFLPA uh, renegotiates. Yeah. So I could see it being a problem down the road. Uh, I could see Todd Gurley wanting more guaranteed money on his contract, and I don't know if the Rams are going to be willing to do that or not. And so I could see that being a problem. And other than that, I don't really see any major contract issues other than that. I mean, well, it's going to be an issue. Jared Goff is going to be an issue. They're going to pay him. But let's just be honest. But this, this is—I got really upset when I heard about this contract. Kirk Cousins getting all that guaranteed money for three years. Wasn't it? Was it three years? Was it three years? Uh, I don't. Remember. Um, and what they did with that by guaranteeing virtually all that money was they puffed up the market. Now they they raised the bar on how much quarterbacks are going to make, and then they add the guaranteed section of it. Now in a couple of years, you have Jared Goff going in there. And he can the same, he'll be younger. Well, he'll still have a higher ceiling at that point than Kirk Cousins has. And then when you have that going on, it's going to mean a higher contract. And that really, really ticked me off because you don't need to artificially set the bar. Kirk Cousins was going to get paid somewhere, but he didn't have that much competition. It wasn't like he was the must-have quarterback of the entire three-season period. There are several teams who are willing to pass on him. The Redskins, the Redskins, heck, let him go. Yeah, but you got to give the guy credit. He got paid. He oh, got I don't paid. blame him. I don't blame him. Big time. I think the problem's going to be in the NFL is that they're going to have to raise the salary cap, and they're not going to have to do just their normal, you know, amortization that they, you know, do. I think they're going to have to significantly raise the salary cap, and I think if they do that and make more money available so that we can pay more money, you know, and then there's that thing though. It's kind of like minimum wage, you know, (laughs) you, you pay these guys big money and you raise the salary cap. Now everybody wants more money and you still have the same problems. So I don't know how they're going to fix it, but I do see the NFL moving 
if they don't move to more guaranteed money, it could be a problem. So I think they end up going there at some point. Actually, I think the opposite could happen. I think they could tighten down the salary cap and force the players to say, listen, this is where things are. Uh, you know, if you want to play on, your, on the team you want to play on, if you want to play to win, they might try and force it. And that's the hardball route, and I'm not so sure the NFL work. wants to do that. I'm, I, I don't think the other way will work either. Yeah, I don't know what the solution is, but if, to answer the specific question, like you said, unfortunately I've looked at it, and I think Todd Gurley's going to be the the contract that's going to cause problems. I don't know that it's he's going to be you know, not on the team because of it, but it certainly could be a big problem for us. It'll be something for us to watch to come draft time next year. If the Rams are thinking the same way, we're going to see them take a running back early in the draft. We're going to see them take one first, second round, and that's coming up real quick. I think it's talking early. I think the way he's talking, I think the way he's really vocalizing the needs for, for running backs to be making this much money, Le'Veon Bell, he's talking about the lockout year. He's basically sending all the signs right now that say, hey, it's time for me to get mine. Okay, sponsor. Jayhawk Pool Plaster Modeling. Folks, it is summertime. In SoCal, sun, hot weather, visits to the pool. If you're looking to model, resurface, or even put in a new pool, check out Jayhawk Pool Plaster Modeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue in Anaheim, California. Jayhawk Pool Plaster Modeling serves Orange County and the Southland, and they're run by Jayhawk, the eldest son of former Ram, John Hawk. Folks, he built his business on a mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. So head over to jayhawkpools.com. Take a look at their work. You can see the quality in their finishes and the testimonies provided by past customers. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, give Jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700. Again, that's 714-695-0700. You can also email them at info at jayhawkpools.com. Folks, all of our sponsors, our folk who are our folks who are attached to the Rams, one way or the other, Sal, Jayhawk, um, Jim Hawk, all of them. They're a part of the family, so they can help our podcast. You can help out fellow members of the Ramily. Give them a call. Jayhawk Pool Plastering. If you live out in the area, we'd be glad you did. Folks, we're also looking for sponsors. We mentioned that. Make sure you can, if you want, reach out to us on that respect. And finally, can we, I mean, this has been, did I, was I kidding you when I told you all the questions we had? No, it's been great. I'm really glad to see the, the, the questions that come in and I get a kick out of the Twitter handles and stuff, probably more than anything, but they're good questions. You know, a lot of them are really hard to answer, especially with camp just starting, but uh, we do appreciate the questions and we'll do another one of these later on. And, you know, we, we love to, to hear from you guys. So thank you for that. Probably sooner rather than later, actually. Okay, here we go. This is a, you mentioned this earlier. We'll, we'll go back to it now. This is PJB2 at PB89 on Twitter. Realistically, how far do the Rams go this season, and what would you deem a successful season? I don't uh, – with the with the window that they have, with the guys that they just signed, you know, Sue being on a one-year, their window is this year. I mean, they, they have an opportunity for the next couple of years, but I think their real good shot is this year. So I, I think if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, for them it's a disappointment. Uh, that's kind of, I think they need to win the NFC West first 
I think they need to win in the NFC second. And then, you know, a Super Bowl win would be great. But I think they've got to at least make it to the big game for this to be a successful season with the talent they brought in. I think you got to make the NFC Championship game minimal. And when you spend this kind of money, when you put all your eggs in a basket like this for basically a two-year window, you got to go as far as you can. I think minimum is the NFC Championship game. The team is, is built to win now, and it's nice to see, actually. It's nice to see a team that's going for, well, going for all of it. But uh, anything less at this point has to be disappointing. And you, it's just when you go out there and you spend the draft picks like you do and you trade all, make all these trades and you move money around the way you are to get to this point, I don't think anything less is acceptable. I think you have to at least get the NFC Championship game, and that might not even be enough. Right. I'm with you. Okay, so this is actually our last question. From Kenny L.A. Rams at Soul Reaper 313 on Twitter. And this goes back to Aaron Donald. So we're going to kind of come back around or wrap around on this. Is what is the progress or overall feeling in the organization around Aaron Donald getting a deal done soon? Uh, I can, I'll, I, I've been watching this very closely. And it's... To me, the way I'm getting it, it's just kind of a given. It's going to happen. How soon it happens is up in the air, but it's going to be sooner rather than later. And that's why I feel different about the whole Aaron Donald thing than maybe Norm does. It's because I'm sitting here covering the whole thing and watching it and seeing, okay, you know what? It's not like last year. Last year was actually concerning that, concerning that there was some animosity there. Not this year. It just seems very sudden zone. We're going to pay him. We're going to get this much. So that's the feeling we're seeing. I believe the progress is there. I think they actually have a contract ready to go. They're just trying to make sure the money works. Yeah, I, I'm i not as optimistic as you are that it gets done right away. Um, I see them getting it done before the first game of the season. And uh, if not, then I'll revert back to the question that we had before and maybe call them incompetent at this point. But I really see a deal getting done. We thought it was going to get done last year, but the signs weren't the same. This year, it seems more like it's it's real feasible. And you can't let a guy like Aaron Donald get away from your team. I mean, obviously, money comes into play, and you know some decisions are going to have to be made. But I just don't think you can let him go away. So I see the deal getting done somewhere before the first week of the season. All right, folks, so we're about done. We, we went, uh, this is a heck of a mailbag. It's the biggest mailbag we've ever had. One more thing to kind of conclude all these all the, uh, the questions and the conversations. Uh, for those of you who have been following our site for a long time, we're on history side as well. We had a podcast up last week with Eddie Metter. And something Norm said to me and a few other folks said to me that made some sense was that you know, a lot of people might not know who Eddie Matter is. And to let you know, he was the Rams' best corner and best safety, pretty much, all the 60s. The numbers in there show that. He was the one who really made plays in the secondary for the Rams. And uh, he's 80 years old now. He is currently living in Florida. And basically, the argument for about 10 years is why has he not been in the Hall of Fame? So the reason why I'm bringing this up is I we, we mentioned this Hall of Fame initiative and 
we really want to ask you guys to embrace that because it's not just about Eddie Metter. It's about Roman Gabriel. It's about Rich Saul, Noel, uh, Noel Cromwell, Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt. There are some arguments. Of course, a lot of arguments are made for Roman Gabriel. Did I say Roman Gabriel? You did. Okay, so it's been it's a long podcast, guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, but and, and there's even some arguments for guys like Dennis Hara. And we don't want these guys to get forgotten. We don't want their careers to get forgotten. We, we, we want to advocate for that because they're they're part of our memories and part of our history. So Eddie Metter's part of the history. I just want to invite you guys to go back, listen to the podcast, and, and get excited and get involved with what we're trying to do for, for the Rams and the Hall of Fame. It's a big deal to us, and I hope that you can really enjoy the discussion Norman and I have about that particular candidate himself, Eddie Metter. Yeah, I really think out of all the living uh, former Ram players that are out there right now that, you know, are definitely getting up there in years and, and really any of, any of them at all, I think Eddie Metter is probably the most deserving out of all of them. And, you know, we're going to try to push an, our initiative to, to get more people to realize that he should be in the hall and, you know, we need you guys to, to help us out there. So take a listen to the podcast. Tell us what you think and uh, give us give us your thoughts. And if you don't know anything about Eddie Matter, go back and do some research on him and look at him and see the rec- some of the records he still holds today for the Rams. And I think that might mm-hmm. might change some people's minds. So, you know, help us out there. Yeah, I'm not the two mile home. I wrote an article about it, too. Go with it. So if you click on the podcast link on our site... I linked in also the article that goes with it that makes some of that case. So if you really want to learn more about him, also it's edmatter21.com. His kids put that website together for him. And, I mean, you just go to profootballreference.com if you want other stats. If You can go pretty much anywhere. People are making this, making this argument for him for a while now. And the, the movement for him kind of hit its peak about four or five years ago, and it's not really right. Don't want to forget this guy. Don't want to forget Eddie. He deserves more than that. And again, the other ones too. Noel, uh, Noel Cromwell, uh, Roman Gabriel, dude. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh. All these guys need to be seriously looked at. I feel like the Rams have been stiffed for many years in, in the you know, in the hall. Uh, I'm hoping that the way the organization is looking now and and the way things are going now that that'll go away. But there are several guys out there that should be taken seriously and have a really good hard look at to see if they deserve to be in the hall. And, you know, you've thrown out a lot of names there that I think really deserve a shot. But Eddie Matter is a guy who I would love to see be able to put on that gold jacket before his time on this earth is done. And I'm not saying he's going to be gone anytime soon, you know, even at 80. But I would love to see him get elected into the hall before his time is done. Just, just to have the, the conversation at the veteran committee level, yeah. the senior senior committee level, just just to have that chance. And that's if they go to the senior committee level for any of these guys, and they say, you know what, he was great, but not that great. And here's why. I think we can accept that. But in many cases here, these guys kind of slipped through the cracks. A lot of them did, and uh, I like to see those cracks opened up and give them a shot. Maybe I need to get an Eddie Metter jersey and chain myself to the Hall of Fame doors. <laughs> well, I live close to Canton, so, you know, just yeah, saying. They just leave you chained. 
<laughs> All right, folks. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can follow Norm on Twitter at Norm Hightower. Norm, get to work on your social media for crying out loud. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM. We're everywhere, folks. IEBeatRadio.com. For Norm Hightower. It's Derek C. Paul. We'll talk to you later this week. Adios. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.